Hello, welcome to the Faultline podcast. Um, today I'm talking to Sam Bloor. He's a very, very dear friend of mine. I've been working for Sam Bloor now for best part of probably about five or six years. We go over briefly how he's coping throughout the current pandemic, some of the favorite records he's produced, um, some of his sort of techniques when it comes to producing. This is a short episode. Uh, it's quite difficult to ask a friend a ton of questions without barreling on to talking about our own lives. But yeah, hope you enjoy. Yeah, I'm sound. I'm sound. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Well, mate. Long time no speak. No, mate. How have you been? Same old, mate. Pandemic's a bit <laughs> yeah, in it, so. Yeah, man. It is. It is. But, you know, we can't dwell on it too much, man. Just decided to like buy a house and get a puppy and stuff instead. <laughs> oh, sick! I didn't know you're a homeowner, man. I I just bought one in October. Yeah, How you where are you living? Wow, I'm living sort of Tamworth, so it's just outside of Birmingham. Oh, sweet! In some like little village, man. But it's a lot different to like where I used to live, man. It's like you're hearing like police cars of a night time, as we're around here. You hear a sheep, like. <laughs> That's so cool. That's nice, man. That's nice. So that was 2021 so far, mate. Not too bad, yeah. It was a bit of a bit of a shocker to get off. Like I was I was fucking so excited to like get this year underway, man, because I like literally had like I had like back to back bookings for like six months. I think it's the most I've ever been like kind of booked up for. It's like the most secure like the studio's ever been. And then we get to like the fucking first of January or whatever, whatever date it was, and like it was, and then everything started to just fall apart basically, and people were just cancelling, and I just like lost so much work, um, and then I had to like adjust how I did everything, you know. So now I'm just like recording people kind of like one at a time or two at a time max, and it's yeah, it was just a bit of a shock really, but it, I'm actually doing okay. Like um, it's all still good, man. I can't complain. Like I'm still doing it. But but yeah, it was a bit shit. It was I was so excited to get going, but it's just not gonna happen this year, you know, maybe next year, right? It's not exactly the best start to a new year, is it really? Nah. No, so, it's not. When you say so you're recording full bands but doing it like individual parts at a time or Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I can do at the min, man. That's all I can do. Like the the rules surrounding studios are pretty hazy, but it's like they've given studios the okay to be open, but there's a lot of rules around it and I can't have like, you know, five or six people in the studio at a time. So yeah, pretty much like if I'm doing an EP with a band, it's like the drummer comes in for a day or two, then the bass player comes in, then the guitarist comes in, it's all separated like that. And that's literally all I can do. It's, it's either do that or don't come to work. Like that's my only option at the moment. How are you finding um, it, like doing it that way? It's okay. It's okay. It's not as, it's not as fun. Yeah. Um, it's not as collaborative as it like with people, but it's, it's still doable. And if people are serious about getting something out and they don't want to wait, then that's what they've got to do. And I, I've just noticed that like a lot of, I'm not working with so many bands, but I'm working with a lot of like solo artists all of a sudden. You know, and a lot of bands are like turning into like two pieces and stuff because they just can't, people can't rehearse, you know. So it's like, even if, even if a band was okay with it, um, what I'm finding is people are still canceling sessions because they like, 
they haven't seen each other since November. So it's like, how can they come and record an EP if it's like not even finalized, you know? So it's, it's kind of crazy, but we're just doing what, just doing whatever I can do. You know, I can't, I can't stand to be at home doing nothing. So I'll, I'll keep going like no matter what really. Uh, I mean, at least you're like sort of surviving. You know, there's many other places out there at the minute that are probably really struggling. Yeah. Studio wise, yeah. I feel for yourself, obviously, I've worked with you for years now and I feel like you are one of the better sort of producers in the UK, but I can imagine there's a lot of producers out there that are struggling, that have had yeah. to maybe shut shop and things like that. So fair play to you for carrying it on. I think if I hadn't have been, I think if I hadn't been doing it for so long, it would have been totally different. I think if this would have hit me in my first, second or third year of doing it, I think it would have been totally different. But I mean, this is like year, I think this is like the sixth or seventh year of doing it. Like, so I think um, I've just met that many people, you know, there's just that, there's just so many uh, bands and artists that I know and people are keeping me busy and people are recording stuff at home and sending it to me. And it's not the, it's not the ideal year, you know, but we're just doing, doing my best, you know. I don't yes. I don't mind. Like I feel lucky to just be coming out of the house every day and doing something, you know. Um God forbid, man, there's some people out there that just yeah. aren't leaving the same four walls every no. day. No, and then you've got like tattoo artists and barbers and stuff like that. It's they they literally cannot do anything. And like I've one thing that's been really tough this year is like it's hard to I feel super uncomfortable like promoting myself and I feel really uncomfortable trying to like sell the time that's become available because i just feel so lucky to even be doing it that it's like i don't want to rub it in anyone's face that like i actually can work and you know there's a lot of people who can't like you know fucking hell like i've got friends who are tattoo artists and stuff who like have you know were out of work for like four or five months last year thought they were going to be doing this year and then immediately go into another lockdown so i just find it awkward like promoting myself online and pretending everything's fine so I'm trying to just be, I'm just trying to be really low key about everything. I'm not posting a lot of stuff on Instagram and just kind of keeping my head down and being respectful to the situation. Really, you know, I I'm I'm lucky compared to a lot. So yeah, that's all that's all can do really, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, enough of the negativity, really. Yeah, I'm fed up of talking about this pandemic, man. Mm-hmm. It's just an ongoing subject for all of this stuff at the minute. Yeah. Um, so. What started you off with all of your sort of producing and stuff? Where did it all start and what sort of made you want to be a producer? What made me want to be a producer? Um, so when I was in bands, like, you know, as a young kid, like 14, 15, 16, you know, I had dreams of being like a touring musician and stuff like that. And basically the first couple of times that we went to the studio, you know, we met the the guys who were recording the music and it just kind of made so much sense to me. It just clicked that it just felt like that's what I was, you know, when you just kind of realize, you know, what your passion is. And I always loved being in the studio. Um, you know, I, I loved playing live and stuff like that, but I really looked forward to being in the studio and creating like, you know, all the sounds and the textures and stuff like that. And it just clicked with me that even at like 16, I could see that that was like a job that I could do. And also it was something that I could do on my own. Like I'm not, I'm not like a a singer songwriter. I can't like write and record music and go on tour on my own. I'm not interested in doing that at all. But I found like being in a band, you know, you've got to have 
five members that are all pushing in the same like same direction and i felt like every time my band was getting somewhere you know we'd like lose a member or someone wouldn't be as interested or someone would let us down but it's like i could see that producing i could that's something i could do on my own and then basically from you know 16 17 18 i just started making demos for my own band and like we started like demoing stuff before we went to the studio and i was just really getting into the sound and then I also, around the same sort of time, it's like, you know, when you first kind of discover the first couple of bands that you love and you're obsessed with like the songwriting aspects of it. Well, I just started to notice that I was like increasingly becoming like obsessed with the way things sounded. So I wouldn't just listen to records, um, you know, for the songs. I was listening to things that sounded great and I was listening to things that were produced by certain people even if I didn't particularly like the bands and I was like really starting to get into like what makes a kick drum sound great, what makes a guitar sound great. And it just kind of kicked off from there, really. That was the early, early stages, uh, stages of it. And then it just developed from there, man. You know, you, you move through like the years and you just kind of, you, your rig grows a little bit. You get a few more mics and a few more pre's and before you know it, you're like surrounded by stuff and, you know, it all really just started just making little DIY demos in my garage and wherever else I could kind of get my hands on, you know, it's as simple as that. Yeah. So obviously you said earlier that you've had the studio now for like six years. Is that right? I mean, I've been working with you since I think 2015, 2016 or something like that. I can't even remember. So yeah. I know you've had the studio for some time now. So what are some of the sort of favorite records you've put out and, and why kind of thing? Like some of the best bands you've worked with or artists? Oh man, yeah. Um, so the studio that I'm in now has been here since 2014. So I guess we're coming up to, uh, in the summer of 2021, I guess that'll be seven years. Wow. And there's just been a ton of stuff. There's been so many like little milestones, you know, it's like, in the beginning, I was just happy to be doing anything. But in in recent times, um, I guess uh, the stuff that I've been doing with Out of Love is doing really well. It's been picked up by, um, but it's been played on Kerrang like a bunch. It's doing really well stream-wise. And um, I just really, really love that band. But there's just, a t there's a ton of stuff over the years. You know, it's like, there's loads of milestones. It's like when you get to do your first album or your first EP, it's like a big deal. And then, and then, yeah, before you know it, you start to do more and more of them. And uh, I just appreciate, like, appreciate, like, everything that I get to do. And it just seems like at the moment, just things are, you know, the bands that I'm working with are just getting increasingly bigger. You know, it's not like happening overnight, but it used to be that most of the bands I'd work with would get, like, maybe a thousand streams if they're lucky. Now it's like most stuff I do is, like, you know, in the 10, 20, 30,000. And, you know, I've had like a couple of bands recently get like half a mil streams and stuff like that. So it's just nice to see it growing like in a really natural way. You know, the bands are just getting increasingly uh, bigger and and doing better. But I think we're, we're growing together really. You know, it's like my, like my records are sounding better every year and the bands that come to me are, they're, they're getting better at writing <laughs> and promoting themselves and with i feel like there's a really cool little community and you know i don't i don't work on anything like huge you know i'm not working on like any kind of major label stuff but it's a nice little community and i think everyone's kind of pushing in the same direction we're working hard together you know yeah 
Fair enough. So is there is there a band or a record that you sort of worked on where you sort of once it was out you were like holy shit like I'm I'm like a producer, this is like real like fuck, like this is really good and I'm actually like insanely good at my job kind of thing. <laughs> um no, I I don't know really. It's like I think I think this is probably a similar time to when I met you. So like, I think one of the first like little breakthroughs was actually starting to record bands from outside of my own city. So I recorded a bunch of cool stuff like back in the day, but it was all, you know, Stoke-on-Trent, Staffordshire based. And I think like when I met, um, when I met the dudes out of Autumn Diet Plans and then I met like, Felix out of uh, Jaded and then that like put me on to you guys and and then it and then I started working with loads of Birmingham bands and like Midlands bands and stuff like that and it kind of like spread out from there and I think I think I met Johnny from Orton Diet Plans just I think he came and did work experience with me for a day and I think that's how I met him Um, and he came and he hung out at the studio for a day and then that I think probably yeah Orton Diet Plans were like the first band from kind of like from Nottingham so I think you know they drove in for like an hour or whatever to get to the studio and I think that was one of the really cool things like early early on is that people would actually like travel to the studio and I think that was quite a nice experience um but yeah it's just it it grows all the time you know it's like uh, you know hopefully one day you know people will be flying overseas to come and (laughs) record with me yeah I was about to say what's the furthest someone's traveled to record with you um, well, I've recorded, um, I, I don't know if you could class it as like traveled far to record with me, but like when Yvette Young was over from, um, from the USA with oh, Sean. So, so like when Yvette Young was, um, she, yeah, she was on tour with Sean and then she came on like a day off or like before soundcheck or something and did a live session here. And that was really cool. And then we also did a live session for a couple of bands from Germany as well when they were across on tour. They were playing with all the best tapes. Um, they're called Linguinada and then the other band was called Pan. And they came and did a, a live session. So it was cool like working with like a couple of German bands as well. So mm-hmm. so we've had, yeah, we've had like an American artist, a couple of German bands. Um, I think the furthest anyone's driven like in the country is from, from like Plymouth down south. <laughs> Or, or like or like St Albans you know so it's nice that it reaches that far you know yeah, wow, it's cool so going back to Yvette Young what was that like experience wise because obviously oh, it's amazing really really well known artist so did you have like did you have loads of people around the studio just kind of like or was it really relaxed or you know no it was it was great it was it was super relaxed like um like the guy who used to film all the live sessions with me, uh, Luke Medlock, he plays in a band called All the Best Tapes, who are like yeah. really well known on that like math rock circuit. And um, basically, he just reached out to her and said, um, "I think he, I think he'd spoken to her a few times before, and I think she got him guest list for one of the shows." Oh wow! And then like, so they were hanging out backstage, and Luke just organised it all basically, and she came over and she was it's just incredible like we we jammed a bunch and like i showed her this i've got this like really weird little um piano and it's like um it's kind of like a harmonica but on on a stand that you play with keys so like 
I can't remember what it's called, but like basically air flows through it constantly. And then as you press the key down, like it's like the pitch of a, like it's pitched harmonica basically. Um, so we were like jamming on that and playing a bunch of guitar and just like watching dumb shit on YouTube and right. just having a laugh really. Like she was so, so nice. Like she was here, like we shot the, we shot the video like really quick and she was, uh, she was just incredible. Cause I know she doesn't actually sing on Covet, but she, oh, she wow. sang on, she sang on one of the tracks here and we both just, it was just one of those really nice experiences where like you just you can just hit record and sit back and just listen to someone just play some just incredible music you know That's it's just just kind of unedited um just couple of takes you know and it was just great she was she was fantastic she was so nice um i hope we get to do it again one day it was fun yes i'm sure you will um so one question i've got is obviously i know you used to play in the overcast and i know you've probably played in seen many of bands before as the so is there a different process because obviously i know you recorded some of the overcast stuff so is there a different process where it comes to recording your own material as opposed to someone else's material um yeah there is there is a bit of a different approach it can be it can be hard not to um just go on and on and on with it yeah. um i had to be like really strict with myself and try and you know, try and actually produce myself and stop myself from from just recording endlessly. So what what I actually did with the Overcast um, on the last EP is I booked it into the diary like a proper session. We had, I think, five days to track it. And then when it came to the mix, I put two dates in the diary and I mixed it as, as if I was mixing anybody else. And I was really hard on myself and I really tried to just knuckle down and do it and not go over budget even though there was no budget we were just doing it ourselves but yeah. i tried to i tried to imagine what it was like for a band coming to me to record and i tried to pretend that you know i was a performer and then somebody else was basically producing it but it was it was you know it was quite tricky but yeah i think that was a better way of doing it before in the, in the past you know we used to record a couple of bits here a couple of bits there and it'd be, you know, dragged out for months and you do like 10 different mixes and like never really settle on it. But but with this one, you know, the last EP, I was getting busier in the studio anyway. And I knew like if I didn't, if I didn't get it done in a certain time frame, then it was just going to go on and on and on. And it worked out so much better like that, like giving myself like a hard deadline. Yeah. So it was, yeah, tracked, tracked in like five, six days, mixed in two days, um when the band came over for like rehearsal we just did all the notes there and then just got everyone's notes done and then just that was it printed it done so yeah it was it was quite a it was quite a challenging experience but um but yeah just tried to stick to it like i would any other project really so if you was obviously hypothetically speaking if you was to do a band again does it make more sense for you to sort of do it yourself or would you rather go to someone else for that record? Obviously, cost-wise, let's say cost wasn't a thing. Would you rather go to someone else or would you rather do it yourself and maybe challenge yourself? I'd, um, I'd, I'd love to go to someone else, honestly. Yeah. I'd love to. I think um, I'm not like a huge control freak or anything like that. So I wouldn't have any trouble kind of like handing over the reins as long as it was someone that I really trusted. Yeah. Um, I think 
in terms of like tracking my guitar though i think there is something quite nice about recording yourself because if 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 a take isn't going well you can just stop it and start it again you know and you can just there's no delay between you deciding that you don't want to carry on with that take having to explain to the producer like oh let's try that one again and then them kind of setting up hit and record it's like i can be playing here make a make a mistake hit the space bar hit record and then just start again and yeah. i do think that that's quite a quite a nice process and it's very quick but it would be nice to hand over like the kind of the production element to somebody else and like just let them handle like the tones and things like that and let somebody else's ear just kind of take over you know because i think ultimately everyone just hears things differently yeah so it, you know i'd like to go to somebody else and do some you know do some recording work where i could just kind of hand that over to them and just kind of see almost like a little experiment um, and just kind of see like what somebody else would naturally do with my band opposed to like what I would naturally do. Yeah, for sure. So my next question then really would be if you was to go to someone else, who would you choose? Uh, I think, um, honestly, I'd really like to make a record with uh, with Neil Kennedy from The Ranch. Okay, yeah. Cool. That'd be a really fun one. Like I love the studio anyway. Um, I've been down there like a couple of times and it's such a nice place to make music. And um, I think he's just got a fantastic ear for tones and sounds. Yeah. And he's a you know, relaxed guy to work with. I don't think it'd be stressful working with him in any way. Um, so yeah, if I was going to be in another band, I'd, you know, I'd always said to my band, like, you know, maybe we'll go and do it with Neil. But I will say that I probably won't be in a band again <laughs> <laughs> honestly oh, this is just hypothetical and yeah i know what you mean yeah i think i think if i was going to be in a band i'd like i'd be open to like i'd be open to like playing some guitar like on the road with someone for a couple of weeks um oh, you would like struggle do, with your schedule really wouldn't you yeah but it's like in terms of like actually like writing all the music and recording all the music and being that involved again and like booking the shows and stuff like i i don't really want to do that again i don't think and maybe i will one day but at the moment i'm not that interested in that side of things that's fair enough so inspiration wise then who do you take your sort of inspiration from as a producer 100 uh, percent um eric valentine 100 percent like that guy is a genius when it comes to making music. I just love the way his records sound. So Eric's done like Taking Back Sunday, Good Charlotte, um, Smash Mouth, Third Eye Blind. <laughs> um, but he just makes just the best sounding records. He did, he did like Queens of the Stone Age and stuff like that as well. Um, 100% Eric Valentine. Um, I just, yeah, a true inspiration. Like, um, really he has like such a incredible like sonic identity his records have this like cohesive sound across like multiple genres and 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 he's just really bold and brave with the choices he makes yeah. um, and I, I wish i could be a little bit more like that you know he just kind of does his own thing has his own sound and i just yeah he's just fantastic like yeah so if you had the chance given the chance and this is any record what would what would the one record be that you would dream of producing any record old or new oh my god any band any artist so, uh, oh that is that's really tricky it's like you don't really want to pick a band 
that you love and just in case you like yeah doing like it. slaughter it yeah because I want to say like I would love to record like Placebo yeah it's like one of my favourite bands of all time I would love to do that and I, I don't think I'd do a bad job of it honestly I think I could handle I think I could handle Placebo the other one is like I'd love to work with Kate Bush but that is that's too scary for me like I, I should never be in the same room as Kate Bush. Like I, I'm not worthy. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I would love to be a fly on the wall, just like watching her record something. Yeah. I'd, I'd be the tea boy for that session. Like I'll get the tea. Um, I'll just, you know, wrap up the XLRs, but yeah, like a, a famous record that I, I could probably do a good job of. is like, yeah, one of like the early placebo records that like sound really trashy and noisy. I, I reckon I could, uh, I reckon I could one up one of those old mixes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, tell us some crazy studio stories. Then, obviously, um, thinking one off the top of my head, I know you recorded Outlander in a church, which is insane and really cool. You ever done oh, anything yeah. similar to that? Um, well, well, actually, talk us yeah, through the church. Let, first. let me tell you about the Outlander session then. So, yeah. so yeah, like I have done that before, and that was the inspiration for going back there. So, okay. so the whole, so basically, when I was starting out, you know, um, I didn't have any space to record, um, but I had like a little bit of equipment, and I used to like take it around in my car, and we used to make records in like people's like rehearsal spaces, or you know, the parents' living room or the garage or whatever, and then occasionally. I used to make records in this church, um, which was like really close to um, the college I was studying at at the time. And it was the church that like my nan went to. She was really involved in like the Sunday school. Um, so basically, yeah, when I was starting out, I was like 16, 17. They used to let me go in. I mean, because churches like they only really get used on a Sunday. <laughs> so <laughs> they kind of sit empty most of the week. So um so yeah, we used to set up like a little control room in the like the kind of loft space, which was the Sunday school. And I used to run like super long XLRs down the stairs into this like huge like church hall, basically. And I made a couple of records there when I was like 17, 18, and they sounded, you know, okay. But I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. And then when Outlander got in touch to do record three, um, I just really wanted to do something else with them. You yeah. know, we'd kind of, we did, we did EP one and EP two and EP two was definitely a step up from EP one because my skills had grown a lot in the time. They'd got a lot better. And then I wanted EP three to be a massive step up. And I'd always wanted to go back to the church and see what I could do. Um, with like more skills, but I always knew that I, I needed a band that like could do it and could make that space sound awesome. And Outlander were just the perfect choice for that. Um, and yeah, it, it just sounded phenomenal. I remember like, I almost, I genuinely could have cried when we set up the drums and um, like, I knew it was going to sound fantastic. And we got all the mics up and we were all just kind of monitoring on headphones. And we did like one pass of the first song yeah. And oh my God, I was only listening on headphones and I was just blown away by it. I couldn't believe like what we were capturing. And I just knew it was going to be amazing. I just, I just could feel it. It was so good. And yeah, people, 
people like get in touch about that record all the time. Like people ask me about the drum sound and stuff yeah. and uh, it's still one of my absolute favorites. And like, honestly, like the, the mixing on there is like so minimal. Like I, I just, I didn't want to ruin it. Like I, wow. it was so great. Like the natural kind of sound in that room. Like I just, I, the last thing I wanted to do was like decimate it with plugins. So if you look at the, like the mix sessions, just barely anything going on. Well, that's just, that's just the natural space, but it sounds fantastic for them, but I, there's like almost no other bands I work with that like would, would sound good in there. Like, can you, like, can you imagine Cauldron in that room? Like, yeah, how no, bad would, that would sound. Would it? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, how bad would that be? It'd be yeah, awful. It be the best, would it? Nah, but yeah, that's the better band for it, obviously. Yeah, but that Outlander one, man, like that's, that's going to go down. It's like one of my favorites ever, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, I wouldn't even take them back there. I wouldn't even do it again. Really? Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even try it again. It was just one of those. You were so happy of, with that at the time. You, you wouldn't want yeah. it. Like, it's just one of those records, man. It's just like um, we just captured something really cool, and I just stand by it completely. And like, I, I wouldn't ever want to try and replicate it. It's amazing. You know, because I, I briefly like, I briefly made, um, I made like a drum sample pack from the church wow. and I like and I put it up up for sale for a couple of days and then I had like a realization that like I actually didn't want to share it so I took it down it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I don't ever really want to you know I just want it to kind of exist for them you know I only want I only want that band to have that sound and yeah, for sure. and, and that memory really but but yeah that was that was a great experience and like you know, I'm so glad that guys were like open to it and, and they just bought their A game. Like we, we only had like, it's so ridiculous as well. Cause we only had, I mean, Outlander songs are really long. So yeah. I think we had like about, we had about like 40 minutes, 45 minutes of drums to track maybe. Wow. Um, and we only had like about, once we'd set up, we had about four hours to track it, maybe four or five hours. And the guy who like runs the church was like desperate to mow the lawn. <laughs> he was like, he was like hovering around and he like kept coming in and see if we were done. And I was like, not yet, not yet. Like you can't, you know, you can't do the law. And he like, bless him. Like he, he like got the mower out and I was like, what are you doing with that? And he's like, I'm just going to mow the law. And I was like, I know this is your space, but no, that you can't do that. <laughs> Please don't. I was like, you can't go outside now and start mowing the lawn because like we're capturing the best fucking drum sound ever here. Like, so he, he like so he like disappeared for a couple of hours and came back, but I could tell they really wanted to do it and was like, we've got to get this last tune in like the next two takes because else we're gonna have a fucking lawnmower in the back of it. No way. Jack's a machine though, to be fair. Jack's a really yeah. good one. Yeah, he's great, man. It was it was really fun as well, just like being in the same room, like watching him play. Because I hadn't done that for years. Yeah, either. Like, of course. You know, I was like sitting in front of him basically with a laptop and just like watching him track and that that also was really good yeah. you know there's a lot of things that were great about that but that's that's one of the you know that is a cool story i guess is there any like have you ever done it anywhere else or has it always been like sort of the studio and that one time in the church or have you ever done it like minus obviously you doing demos at people's houses yeah no before like i did records like all over the place um, before the studio but really once I got myself settled here in like 2014 like basically everything's been done here yeah. um, this um, this summer just gone um, like summer of 2020 I did do some drum tracking at Edge in uh, Macclesfield because they've got a nice big drum room there and 
after like, you know, after like six years of using my drum room, I was kind of like itching to do something else. So I did do a couple of records um, up there in that drum room and I, I'm putting together a bit of a portable rig at the moment. Okay. So I do want to do more of it. Okay. Um, I'd like to get out more. Um, but it, it's been it's been stalled really by all the kind of delays in the music music industry. But um, yeah, I plan on doing lots more stuff like that and also like doing live sessions on location as well. Um, So yeah, I'm just, I'm putting a rig together for it so we can do it. And, and when the rig's ready, I'll, I'll let people know. And then, you know, if, if like, you know, Cauldron want to like, go and do like a session in like a cave or something. Oh, yeah. mate, well, you know, we'd be up for that. <laughs> or like, you know, or I don't know what we could find, but like if you guys knew a cool location, like we could do a live thing or we could track some drums in like a weird like basement or something, you know, I'm always, I'm totally up for stuff like that. It's just the, just the logistics of it is sometimes a little bit above like, you know, if you, if you, a band's on a tight budget and you've just got to get in and get out, it's like, yeah. You don't always have the money to like go and do this stuff, but I think I'm talking. You know, I'm talking shit actually because I did do a portable session for the first Out of Love EP, and we actually tracked the drums for that in um, in a place called Kubrick Manor in St Albans. Wow. So Stan- uh, Stanley Kubrick, the director, um, his yeah. grandson Sam um, was able to organize us going to Kubrick Manor to track drums because Dan's good friends with Sam. So so yeah we did we did drums in a in a in like a billiards room like with a what? pool table and so we did it in like a this crazy manor house. So yeah I, so that's that's the two kind of like main ones where we've done that but but yeah so uh, Kubrick Manor like it's this huge place it's so incredible. Wow. And yeah so that we is... did the drums in this like super flashy like um, billiards room and I think we we were like using the library as a control room that <laughs> sounds like, insane it's crazy that sounds insane so what yeah, kind of so places funny. would you look at like if you was to do that so what kind of well, obviously you mentioned caves and things like that is there any some like places oh that yeah you like to do it I just want to do I want to do something in like a really like really a like, spooky place you know I want to do something in like a like a like a dungeon or like a cat like a castle or something like have you ever done one of those um have you ever done one of those like ghost walks or anything no like no that? but like, i haven't done it but i know it yeah I know yeah it. i did i did one of did one of those like years and years ago at like i think it was like dudley castle or something and um like i'd love to do something stupid like that you know like do like a little acoustic recording in like a little you know castle at in the middle of the night or whatever you know it'd be so funny but i'm open to whatever you know yeah, no, pick, pick a place i'll be there you know pick somewhere <laughs> weird and we'll do it fair enough well mate i'll um i'll cut it there for you mate but it's been a pleasure talking to you i'm hoping i can sort of see you at some point this year i know i know man i hope so too obviously we were butting with you but literally as you said before we can't practice so it's like we've got all these songs well zach and fraser have got all these songs that are yeah. just sitting on but we haven't even had a chance to play them together yet so no, I know, man. I know it's that's the story I'm hearing all the time. It's like you know, it's yeah. you can't really do anything, can you? It's like, but I'm I'm uh, glad you are surviving, kind of thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. Being one of my favorite producers in the UK, I'm cheers, glad man. You're sort of making it. Thanks, making man. Part of it. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And it's, it's down, it, but it's, it's down to people like yourself, you know, who like just keep supporting the studio really. That's, that's all I can ask for. It's like, we're a little family and, you know, it's like, you know, if people don't work around me through this time, then there won't be a studio to come back to, you know? So I appreciate that people are like doing what they can to yeah. like keep coming and, you know, keep, keep spreading the word and just even sticking a like on an Instagram post or whatever. It all helps, man. It's like keeping me going and, but you know, I just want to keep doing it so I can keep just hanging out with cool bands and cool people, you know? Yeah, for sure. So do you have any plans on like, are you revamping the studio or are you think about moving anytime soon or anything like that? No, like, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to move. I did do a, I did a big renovation in November during yeah. the last lockdown. We'd like, changed all the electrics, changed the lighting, redid like all the acoustic treatments, um, updated a bunch of gear. So there's there's a few more bits I want to do, um, but it's really close. I, I think the next thing really is I need to sort out accommodation, um, you know, yeah. get some bunk, get some bunk beds and stuff in for people. That's so cool. I think, I think that's the next one really, dude. Yeah, the amount of times I've had a stiff neck from sleeping on them couches upstairs. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's been on them, man. Yeah, exactly. Now, but oh, well. it, it's been a pleasure, mate. Hopefully, I'll uh, talk to you soon. Well, hopefully, I'll see. Yeah, you yeah. Soon I hope so, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll catch up soon. But yeah, appreciate it, dude. And nice chatting to you, man. It's yeah, been fun. Thank you, brother. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. All right. Catch you in a bit. That's see you sounds. later. Thank you for listening to that episode. Make sure you go and support Sambora on all his social medias. Um, and if you're looking at booking any sort of recording time, I highly recommend Sam. He's a great friend of mine and deserves all the work he can get. Thank you.